Dugger. Broadcasting live from the KSHP studios in the heart of Las Vegas, Nevada. It's time to get on the right side of sports betting. It's time for the odds couple. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Odds Couple on KSHP AM 1400 Radio, live and worldwide on Vegas Video Network. My name is Scott Pritchard. I'm a professional sports better handicapper. This show is about putting money into your pocket. This show is about sports betting. I'm joined by my good buddy, colleague, mentor, all-around good guy, happens to be the GM here at KSHP, Brett Grant. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, Scott. How you doing? I'm doing great, but enough about me. How are you? I'm playing injured today. Are you? How so? Well, I'm, I'm physically okay. My son broke his arm yesterday, so I'm feeling his pain today. So the baseball season is over for us this summer. Now, so I saw that, that. on Facebook last night as yep. a baseball player that he slid head first into second base? Is no, that no, what he, actually the... slid, uh, he actually slid properly, feet first, but he jammed his wrist into the shortstop's shin, knee, something like that, and broke his, broke his left wrist. He happens to be a left-handed thrower, so now he can't throw, can't pitch, can't do anything anyway. So, oh, well. That's it a happens. bummer. I was a sophomore in high school playing basketball, and broke my wrist and it was a six month cast situation all six the way months up or six weeks six weeks six weeks okay. felt like six months yeah and i understand I you had got the same thing yeah yeah okay yeah and i broke my wrist several times and, and uh broke an ankle broke uh had knee surgery i've got i've got everything pretty much on the left side of my body <laughs> uh it's been broken at one time or the other but uh anyway i feel bad for him he missed uh, some time last year but he was, he was playing well and i always told him i said the advantage of being slow is that you never? Nobody ever asks you to steal a base. No one expects you. Yeah, to steal so a base. you're getting faster. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Then you got to steal bases once well, in a while. I wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah, me too. Thanks. Let's get started with what say you, Aaron Hernandez, taken into custody. New England Patriots tight end, or I should say former New England Patriots tight end. He also has been cut within two hours of being taken into police custody. Aaron Hernandez cut by the New England Patriots. What say you? Well, as, as much as I don't like Bill Belichick for a variety of reasons, I do respect his decision here. And, and most of his personnel decisions, I think, is, is this is a, you know, from his standpoint, they don't mess around in New England. Robert Kraft and the Patriots, if you get into trouble, Obviously, Aaron Hernandez is one of the best tight ends in the National Football League, and they have an issue with uh, with Gronkowski's health as well. He's got bad bad back. He's had multiple surgeries on his forearm. They've got a position in flux there, and with Aaron Hernandez being arrested, they didn't mess around, and they said, you know what? We don't want him on our team. We don't care if he's innocent or not. I mean, you're cutting him based, isn't it? Last time I checked, it's right, innocent until proven guilty. Patriots don't care. He said, you're not on our team regardless of that. So... I, I respect that opinion immensely from the Patriots, and the question is who's going to be their tight end. But obviously for Aaron Hernandez, much bigger fish to fry for him personally. He's obviously involved in some way, shape, or form. Not sure what the charges are yet that hasn't been announced. He's just been arrested. No official charges have, have been announced just yet. Could be as uh, obstruction of justice. It could be much more serious uh, involved in the murder of that particular person. Everyone has an opinion. My personal opinion is innocent people do not 
comply with the authorities by turning over your cell phone in a hundred pieces. Innocent people do not destroy your home surveillance. So obviously he has something to hide. I'm, I, I mean, I hope he wasn't directly involved, but boy, oh boy, where there's smoke, oftentimes there's a lot more smoke. No, you're right. And, and uh, it certainly doesn't look good when you say, oh yeah, sure, I'll be happy to turn over my cell phone. Oh, here it is. So here's, <laughs> here's the nine. Here's the six. <laughs> right? Uh, so it doesn't look... And to destroy... And I, I didn't realize this at the time. I think, okay, so he's destroyed his home security system. Well, you're saying it's mine. I bought it. It's mine. But if there's evidence on there, that's where he got himself in trouble because he, dis- he, he destroyed potential evidence. Now, the question is, on the prosecution side, they don't have any evidence that might have been on the cell phone, that might have been on his uh, home security system. So what do they have left to prove? We'll find out that Aaron Hernandez was involved in this crime one way or the other. Or, or you know, they got a lot, a much bigger burden of proof now that those two items have been destroyed. The fact that Aaron Hernandez has been taken into custody, the fact that he has now been cut by the New England Patriots, very unfortunate for Aaron Hernandez because, I mean, if he was playing for... He would still be playing football if he was playing for, say, the Baltimore Ravens. Or the Raiders. <laughs> they would have the Raiders, they'd be hailed as a hero. There'd be a parade going on, wouldn't there? No, it's obviously, you know, the NFL has gotten, you know, if you think about the, the, uh, the guys who've had brushes with the law in the NFL, I mean, we had Ray Lewis, who was charged with murder, who is now celebrated as one of the great players in NFL history, and he basically, we talked about this here today, he got away with murder, more than likely. Um, and yet he's going to be a guy who's made a, a lot of money going uh, on in his NFL career and now going to be on an analyst, and now he's been in, idolized as being a great person. Yeah, I could say he was a good football player. That's about as far as I'll go with it. It starts and stops with me in that regard as well. Ray Lewis, as far as a football player, uh, pretty good player. I mean, the past couple of years, older um, not quite as good as he was, obviously, in, in previous years. But, boy, off the field, uh, certainly the jury is out. Uh, I've had, I have a strong opinion on that, well documented here on KSHP and the Vegas Video Network. We're going to keep things moving, talk some baseball. The Dodgers have been underachieving all year. I liked what you said. I saw you post something last night that UCLA won the World Series, and they now happen to be the best team in Los Angeles. Even though the Dodgers have won four in a row. <laughs> they're still in last place. All these Dodger fans are certainly coming out. You know, they, Every time the Dodgers win, they post a picture of the Dodgers box score and woohoo! And I'm going, catch the Padres first. Catch the Rockies first. <laughs> right. You're in last place. Baby steps. Uh, yeah. So you know, they say, oh, we're going to, whatever. Uh, and now, of course, it's with Puig and how great he is. And he's been terrific. And everybody's got him in the All-Star game. They've got him in the Hall of Fame. They've got him with a plaque in Cooperstown. He's Roberto Clemente. And he's had a grand total of 90 at-bats. 90. Can everybody just calm down, please? I mean, he's, he's very good. He's talented. We had this last year with Mike Trout and, and Bryce Harper. They're the greatest things ever. They're the, they're the best ba- baseball players since Willie Mays came on. They're generational players. Let's, let's hold off. Let's see how they do for five, eight, nine, ten years. And then we can talk about them being Hall of Famers. Because one thing about baseball in the Hall of Fame, it is a very selective party invited to the Hall of Fame. You've got to have a decade plus of great numbers. You can't have a year off. Look at Bryce Harper this year. He's been on the table list most of the first half of the season. Nobody's talking about Bryce Harper now, right? 
Is he in the Hall of Fame yet? Bryce who? Exactly. Let's just get th- – I mean, this guy's been around for 20 games, 23 games, I think, is over, out, of, out of his team's 78. He's missed 55 games. They let him starting the All-Star game. He's the rookie of the year. He's the MVP. No, he's none of those things. He, right now he's just a guy who's having a great start to his career. He's doing things that other guys haven't done. But let's just temper the enthusiasm a little bit. I don't Please. have five to ten years to wait to see how this guy performs long term. I am guilty, like everyone else, it's about today. It's about now. It's about instant gratification. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. This guy is off the hook. Hang on, the microwave just ding, here's your dinner. <laughs> I mean, this, this is where it's we are. Just, it's late. Exactly. I mean, it's just, he's been great, but he was 0 for 4 last night. Nobody mentioned that, right? You just did. It's the well, first I've go. heard of it, though. He was, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jeff, or Matt Kemp came back last night and made a nice catch and, and went one for four, which is probably the best offensive night of his, of his season for Matt Kemp, having, well, one, having one hit. At least he's a warrior. At least he came yeah. back. He was begging Don Mattingly to play. He didn't feel like he was part of the team being on the DL. So I like to see that. He wants to be in the trenches. He wants to be out there playing and performing. And let us not forget, he probably saved the game last night. No, he made a nice nice play last night. No question about that. And, they've, and they beat the Giants, which is obviously their big rival, and they need to beat the Giants. And the Giants have had a little bit of a disappointing season, whether that's a postseason World Series hangover. I think it tends to be their pitching has not been nearly as good and their clutch hitting has not been nearly as good as it was a year ago. And the Diamondbacks uh, lost last night, but that's still a very good baseball team in Arizona. Look, the, the Dodgers have talent. They can make a run. But let's take it step by step in that regard. And, and we, as we talk about from a gambling standpoint, yes, you want to be on that move and be with them early through the run. And this could be a good stretch. they got the Phillies in town, I think, for four games starting tomorrow. And uh, the Phillies aren't very good right now, so the Dodgers could go on a very nice win streak here. Well, you talked about the Giants, the fact they won the World Series a year ago. They've underperformed up to this point, but the fact is, yeah, they've lacked the clutch healing. Yes, their pitching has not been up to par, but they've also been hit with the injury bug. So you look at the – I want to talk about baseball handicapping. We talk about the Pirates. I mean, it's amazing. The mm-hmm. second-best record in all of baseball. No one really talks about this team. We've talked about Except them for, for the us. past – Well, and, and by us, I mean you. You've been on them, and I commend you for that. I got off them. In fact, I can't, I can't say that. I never got off because I never was on them. <laughs> I played them again <laughs> so last night. And that's I great. Played them again today. Well, that lefty, that pitcher, I mean, that guy is uh, – he lost his first start. Now he's won seven consecutive – games for the Pirates. So I like their pitching. They're hitting. I'm not sold on, but it's still relatively early. But at the same time, what's interesting is they're in second place in their division, but the fact is they have the second best record in all of baseball. No, and they're a game behind the Cardinals. And here's I mean, the injury bug. It happens to everybody. It happens to every team. And you can say, okay, the Pirates have the second best record in baseball. Well, the team with the best record in baseball, the Cardinals, have had more rookies on their roster this year than the floor than the Miami Marlins have had, which is basically their entire team is rookies. So it's about having a good farm system. It's about having good managers. It's about having leadership. It's about having guys fill roles into certain spots and utilizing them to the best of their ability. Injuries happen to everybody. We've talked about this before. Uh, the Giants had injuries a year ago. The Cardinals had injuries two years ago when they won the World Series. They didn't have Adam Wainwright that entire season in 2011. They didn't have Chris Carpenter this year. There's a lot of those things that happen, and you've got to be able to overcome 
those injuries. I mean, look at the Yankees. They're, they're not, they've got their whole team was on the disabled list early in the year. Granderson and Rod, A-Rod and Teixeira. The Yankees are not making excuses. They're going out winning baseball games. They won a lot of games yeah. early, and no one gave them any shot whatsoever. Again, it has to do with timing because the fact is, in handicapping baseball, look at what the odds makers at the sportsbook said before the season started. You have six divisions in the National League West. The favorite, basically the Dodgers or the Giants, neither one in first place. I'm going to go division by division. But right. in March, the sportsbooks were telling you the favorite to win the um, uh, National League West, it's, it's a dogfight between the Giants, who won the World Series a year ago, and the Dodgers, neither one of them in first place. No, right. It just goes to show that... Yeah, but as much as the books try to give everybody, you know, from a number standpoint, try to narrow it down, you can't go out and, and necessarily project other guys having years outside of where their projection might be. So you take a guy like Paul Goldschmidt, who you project to do this, but he does this, and suddenly that team becomes so much better. Or a rookie pitcher, who you think might be good, like Corbin, and goes crazy. Or the, you know, the Cardinals situation, you got a guy like Shelby Miller who goes out and wins eight, nine games, Lance Lynn. You can't project what those guys are necessarily going to do um, early on. And on the other side, you're saying, okay, here's the Giants hit Matt Cain and Lincecum and Bumgartner and all these guys, great pitchers for them. And Matt Cain's been very bad this year. And you're saying, well, no wonder the Giants aren't in first place. Cain's had a rough, a rough go. National League Central in March before the season started. The sportsbook said the Cincinnati Reds are the favorite to win that division. Well, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Pirates have had something to say about that. So, again, the favorite, not there. Well, I think the, I think the Reds are very good, and I think they'll still be there. And if the playoffs started today, they'd be in, in the wild card spot. They're three and a half games out, and they've got the third best record in baseball. So I don't think they're necessarily wrong uh, with their projection on the Reds. It's a good offensive team. It's a solid pitching team. they got a good at back end of their bullpen. Um, I, I expect the Reds to be around. Most a of year the ago, in the National League East, the Washington Nationals were not even considered to be in the top three. They ended up winning the division. The Miami Marlins were picked to win that division, and they finished in last place. This year, going into the season for the National League East, the odds makers said the Washington Nationals are the team to beat, and of course, it's the Atlanta Braves. So, so far, they're three for three. Well, exactly. The you know the Braves went out and made a lot of moves, and you know those guys, the Upton brothers, and and a couple, you know, Evan Gaddis, great rookie who's got a chance to win rookie of the year, has been terrific for them. Uh, but when you look at the Mar, the I should say the Nationals on the other side, Steven Strasburg has not been as effective. He spent some time on the disabled list. Gio Gonzalez, Jordan Zimmerman, their pitching staff, and then they don't hit in Washington. So you take Bryce Harper, who has who's been injured. Ryan Zimmerman, not a big year. LaRoche is gone. Uh, that's not quite the same offensive team uh, in Washington. You look at the American League West going into the season, the Los Angeles Angels were projected to win that division. They're like 10, 11 games back. They're in at least third place yeah, in that they division. they moved up to third. All right. They're 10 games back. So the sports books, four for four. Yeah. Being wrong. Well, again, Texas uh, is, has just done it with they've replenished their lineup. They're getting great pitching from you, Darvish and, and Harrison and and Holland and those guys coming through. They're getting, uh, obviously, great production when you've got guys like uh, Ian Kinsler and, and Elvis Andrus at the top of the order. Nelson Cruz has been terrific. Uh, and they just hit. And that ballpark, you got to outscore them. And there's not a lot of teams that are going to be out, be able to outscore the Texas Rangers, especially in Ju- when July hits and August when those hot summer nights in, in Arlington. 
ball flies out of that ballpark. Take to care, uh, care to take a guess on which team in all of baseball has been a dead under team? Number one in all of baseball as far as under betting. It's the for Texas this. Rangers. And that is a surprise amazing, yeah. based on what you were just saying. Well, because the, the number is probably higher than – because of it, right? That's true. You exactly. Know. But again, the odds makers will adjust it accordingly. But the fact is, they're very good pitching, and they have not scored as many runs as they did a year ago. Right. And I think that weather factor comes into play in July and August when it's near 100 degrees and it's in that Texas, you know, that, that hot Arlington, Dallas area. Um, I think that, that'll be a factor more. They've had a, a few injury issues themselves, but they do get very good pitching. And they went into St. Louis last week and swept the Cardinals. So they're very good. July, August in Texas, Arlington Stadium. I mean, we're talking about a team, Arlington, Texas. We're talking about a team that obviously they're going to score runs. But the odds makers, the line, the total for each and every game will also reflect this. It's an exact science. Now let's talk about the American League East. Going into the season, the well, first of all, before we do that, I do want to talk about the Oakland A's because we talk about the Texas Rangers being a dead under team. The Oakland A's have been a dead over team, and they're winning once again. Yeah, you know, I mean, when you look at the A's, they've scored 369 runs this year, which is 35 more than the Rangers, and it's about 11 more than the Angels. So they're offensively, without really out a superstar, guys like Reddick and Donaldson and Seth, uh, they, they're just going out and, and getting the job done. Every time they go out there, guys like Coco Crisp and finding ways. They get good pitching as well. Uh, and they're just, I, I just like watching that team play. I mean, they are a fun team to watch. You can see there is no, I mean, like when you're watching the Angels, you can see Hamilton and Pujols and Trout and Trumbo. There's egos there involved. I'm not saying one's worse than the other. But you see they're not necessarily all playing for the name on the front of their jersey. When you look at the A's, those guys are genuinely rooting for each other to do well, for the team to do well. And I don't see that with every team in baseball. You do with the A's. I absolutely agree with that assessment. In fact, I pride myself on not being getting emotionally attached to any one team, but I, I have so much respect for how the A's play the game in the, in the American League. In the National League, your Cardinals. I love the fact that their fans happen to be probably the most educated fans on the planet. I've been was at Wrigley Field for years, and it would be three, two in the sixth inning. And I used to, ma I would always ask someone behind me, "Hey, what's? Don't look at the scoreboard. What's the score of the game?" No one could ever tell me. No one cared. They right. just wanted to drink beer and see Harry Carey. That's a good point. <laughs> but in St. Louis, hey, you know, I'm telling you, that men, women, and children—they they all do. know. They all know what's going on. Well, that Sunday night game. This past weekend, they had three, almost a three-hour rain delay, and they're showing kids at 1 o'clock in the morning doing this. <laughs> Mom and Dad are still at the game thinking, I, I think the Department of Children and Family Services should come out and arrest some people here because the kids are at 1 o'clock in the morning while Dad's at the baseball game. Um, it is a different environment, and Wrigley Field is the, is the attraction to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, it's not the Cubs. It's not the product on the field. If it was the product on the field, then There'd nobody be... would ever go to a game. <laughs> That's the honest truth. It's true. Yeah, you know, it, it, where Cardinal fans. The lovable losers. Cardinal fans go there, obviously, to support winning baseball. And they have a great tradition in that. Um, and it's a, it is, you're right. It's a special environment in that regard. We're talking baseball, handicapping baseball, the odds makers going into the season in the National League, the three teams they projected to be winning the divisions 0 for 3. In the American League West, again, 0 for 4 now. American League East, the Toronto Blue Jays, the odds makers said this team is favored to win the American League East. Forget first place, they're in worst place. Well, they, they had been playing very well, obviously. Had that, what, 11-12 game win streak, and now they've lost a couple in a row down in Tampa. 
And, you know, the interesting thing about that division, Scott, you got five teams. They're all within six and a half games of each other. So even though they're in last place, they're the best last place team in baseball. They're a 500 team. So I wouldn't call Toronto out of it. They, it's, they seem to have gotten their act together. And obviously that big, long win streak got them where they needed to be. Now if they just find a way to play 550 baseball the rest of the way, they're going to be in the hunt for a wild card spot. Well, the concern is I'm not calling any of these teams out of the race. I'm just strictly documenting right. and sharing the facts that five of the six division winners projected to be going into the season are not there. The only the, one that is is the Tigers, right? The Tigers in the American League Central, and they're going to run away with this division before it's over in spite of what happened last night when the Angels got happy. But the Angels, again, they're one of those teams where I told you, I mean, I bet on them. It, it's funny how you can read some teams and other teams you can't. Just stay away. I mean, your ego might get in the way and say, you know what, I can't win with this team, but I'm going to buck the trend. Today's the day. No, just respectfully pull away, move away, accent the positive. When you read a team well, ride that wave. The Angels, perfect example. I talked about the fact that uh, I've had some Angels stock this year, and it seems when they zig, I zag. When I zag, they zig. So it's like, screw you. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done trying to guess if they're going to show up today or not. Right. The one constant, and I have made money betting over. I've been singing a song about betting the Red Rover, Red Rover. I love the over with the Angels all year. And, again, shattered the over last night. 22 runs, 14-8. to eight. It's not uncommon to see them score, I mean, 10-9, 10-9. Right twice in the last seven days. That was days. with C.J. Wilson on the mound last night. One well, C.J., well, he was a star with Texas. Last right. year, didn't do much with the Angels, and this year, not much with the exception of past two games, C.J. Wilson, 1.29 ERA. But Tigers, you expect that they're going to score at home. But I was surprised right. with that pitching staff up and down with Valverde being gone that they yielded 14 runs to the Angels. Angels were swinging it last night. I was surprised by that as well. I was on the wrong side of that game yesterday. I liked the Tigers in that game. We're talking baseball, football, basketball, you name it. If it involves sports, sports betting, we're going to address it here on The Odds Couple. Scott Pritchard, I'm the founder of Pritchard'sPicks.com. Opt in today for free daily plays. Some of the information on my site you have to pay for. Some of the information is free. I am doing another sports betting seminar on the Strip Las Vegas Harris Hotel Casino on Friday, September 6th, just in time for opening weekend for pro football. I'll be joined by my good buddy, friend, colleague, mentor, fellow professional sports better, Dink. You may recall Dink being featured in the movie Lay the Favorite, starring Bruce Willis as Dink. Check it out. Uh, Netflix. Redbox, sports bettors tend to love the movie. The critics, the average Joe, not so much. All right, so if, you, if you're, I, well, you're a sports better, so That's I understand right. that, but people on the street, people in sports books, I talk to them about it and they love it. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. And Dink, when we had him here, he talked about the fact that, well, I like it because I knew most of the characters and there is a character, Scott, in the movie, which is kind of cool. But Dink said, most people consistent with my thought process, if you bet sports, if you're in the game, you'll appreciate it. If not, you might get lost. Let me, let me ask you a question back to the Aaron Hernandez story. And from a gambling perspective, how much of a drop do you suspect you'll see uh, in the sports books from a future standpoint on the Patriots now that they released Aaron Hernandez and on the season win total? It's a great question. I think the sports books probably will overreact a little bit based on perception. Perception is reality. My personal opinion is 
the, I mean, I look at the facts, and the fact is, you're right, he's one of the absolute best tight ends in football. Tom Brady now without his top five receivers. I mean, they're an offensive-minded team. It's a pass-happy league. He's the best quarterback on the planet, best coach on the planet. But if your Wes Welker is gone, right? Aaron Hernandez, gone. Danny Woodhead, gone. Brandon Lloyd, gone. You did pick up the guy from the Rams who Danny is, Amendola. Right, who was a... They, He's a Wes Welker type. They promote him as a younger, faster Wes Welker type. Pretty big statement. But he's been injured a couple of times. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, so the sports books are going to lower, if they haven't already, I'm sure they have. When this first came out, I saw it at LVH that they were starting to move the win total down a little bit. The future increased a little bit more, which means it decreases for, say, the Denver Broncos. Perception dictates that it's a two-team race in the AFC, and I get that. But from my vantage point, if I'm looking for a future play, I'm looking to see something before it happens. So I get that. It's one of those things, my friend, where a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, when the Indianapolis Colts were projected to do extremely well, and then Peyton Manning, the star quarterback, went down with neck surgery, and it it just fell. I mean, it, it fell big time to the point where they only won one or two games, I think, that year. And so, I mean, everyone just kept hammering. They couldn't lower it enough. But so you want to be ahead of the curve on the move early or against it late. It still applies. Now, the interesting thing, and obviously, and, and I think one of the reasons why Bill Belichick made the move he made as, as fast as he did is because we're not that far away from the start of training camp. And the last thing that he wants to do is have to ask any questions about Aaron Hernandez going into camp. They do expect Rob Grankowski hopefully be back for the start of the season. But if he's not, you do have that one guy that nobody likes who possibly could play that position. I, I don't know if he could any good. Is there a spot for <laughs> Mr. Tebow as uh, a why? backup tight end? Why? They do love to run tight Why, why the fascination I'm with just Tim saying Tebow? He's, <laughs> you know Tebow would do it because they needed him to do it. Why? But because what's, what, what other options do the Patriots run two tight ends a lot. So who's left on their roster? Uh, how many games has Tim Tebow played at the professional level at the tight end position again? I forget. As many as what we have. <laughs> So I, I, I get the fact that he is well, a good it, team player. Okay, he should be selling real estate or something. I mean, he's a good team player. And he has the body to block, and he'll right. do anything that they ask him to do. But one catch, my resources tell me that the guy does not catch very well. He has hands of stone. So, I mean, he's maybe that's something. maybe that's something they can teach him. Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, Tim Tebow, come on. I mean, you talk about Bill Belichick and the fact that he does not, will not address distractions or make Tim Tebow a distraction. Now the Aaron Hernandez thing, even though they cut him, he's still going to be a distraction. He's still going to have to field questions about this. But on the playing field, they have some real issues. The good news is for them, they're still a huge favorite, and understandably so, to win their division. They get to play the Bills, the Dolphins, and the J-E-T-S, Jets. 6-0 and in the Jets. division before they even attempt right. to play someone comparable to their right. talent level. So, I mean, if they go 6-4 and four outside their division, they still go 12-4 and four for the year. Right. Good point. So we'll see how it plays out. But, I mean, the Denver Broncos, man, if you're a Denver Bronco fan, you've got to be liking your chances even more, although I, I see a dark horse, a long I, shot I, I dark horse. I don't know why I'd like my chances. I got a guy, my quarterback can't win in the playoffs. So well, I'm, he's 9-11, and 11 and we, we're big on facts here. Okay, you right. and I were two of the chosen few to 
promote that fact that Peyton Manning, as good as he is, he's kind of like George Carl in the NBA, great regular season right. guy. Peyton Manning, I'm not going to throw him under the bus too much. Nine wins, 11 losses well, in the playoffs. The, but here's the point. Right. When you are at home and you're favored by almost double digits and right. you are the Hall of Fame quarterback, you need to step up. He's won one more Super Bowl than you and I have. Well, the, yeah, you're right. And then the interesting thing about it is, and nobody talks about this, is and if you go back in those nine and, was he nine and 11? Right. Those 20 playoff games, how many of those have been at home? Right, in the a vast dome, majority of them have been at home. Right, uh, and that as a number one or number two seed, or as a division winner, guaranteed of be having at least a home game. I don't begrudge them if they go into Pittsburgh or go into New England and lose in an AFC Championship game, which they've done before. But when you're at home and you get beat at home, that's that's not you're the favorite. You need to win those games. Exactly, and we know that his record in cold weather games is not good. But again, when you're on the road. You're playing a dome in Indianapolis. But right. When you're on the road in the playoffs, like you said, you're at New England, you're at Denver, those are, you're at Baltimore. I mean, you're not going to be favored in those games anyway. So that's a bit overhyped, overrated stat. But when you're at home, mile high, high altitude, thin air, you've got a good running game, you've got a great defense, you're favored by almost 10 points. But again, I, I let him off the hook. Outside of. I, th- I put it on the coach, John Fox, for being too conservative, and then I also put it on the free safety. Right. But it's just amazing. What do you think the odds would have been when the Ravens at Denver down, the only way they can win with no timeouts, 30 seconds to go, is to basically go 70 yards with Joe Flacco as your QB. What are the odds of that team? I love Joe Flacco. What are the odds of that team winning the Super Bowl? Well, they threw the Hail Mary, the, f- the free safety screwed up, and then they went to New England, didn't turn it over, won, went to the Super Bowl. As a, They were a dog, right. dog, dog, and they but won it wasn't, all three. It, but it wasn't John Fox with the free safety that threw the interception in overtime that gave the Ravens the ball with a right. chance to win the game. And that's where, you know, not to compare him to his brother, but when, you know, when Eli went out and won that Super Bowl, every game on the road, win, 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 go into the Super Bowl. Yeah, you got a great catch, guy off his head, David Tyree, catching the ball off his helmet. Beat and the there Patriots. was another huge catch yeah. in the Super Bowl against the Pats two years ago. Right. Yeah. On that last drive. Right. Absolutely. Right. So You're listening to The Odds Couple on KSHP AM 1400 Radio, Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada. Scott Pritchard, your host, joined by Brett Grant. Together, we are The Odds Couple. We're going to bring in the big bad wheel. We're going to talk some baseball. We're looking at... The San Francisco Giants taking on the Los Angeles Dodgers. We talked about the fact the Giants have been struggling a little bit, the defending World Series champions. The Dodgers starting to play better ball. Matt Kemp, their stud, is back, hungry, ready to go. Dodgers have won four straight games. The total for today's game, six and a half. I have to make an argument for one side. Brett automatically has to make an argument for the other because the smart sports better bets with their head, never their heart. You should be able to understand both sides of the equation. You have the under. Under six and a half. I've talked about this on the show before. In a football game, if the total on a Oregon football game, for instance, Oregon Baylor is 140. No. If it's 80, 81, 82, more times than not, it will go over the closing total. Conversely, in a pro football game, if you see an unreasonably low total, 32 and a half, 32, more times than not, the under gets there. In this case, it's rare, rare just like I like my stakes, rare that you see a total under seven. Seven is a key, key number, National League game, nine key number betting totals in the American League, six and a half. 
under is the play. We're talking about a pitcher-friendly park, a lot of foul ground territory. The starting pitchers lends itself to going under. So I like under six and a half. Why? Because the wheel said so. Well, the, the interesting thing to me about this is Tim Lincecum has been four and seven with an ERA of just under about four and a half. Actually, is where his ERA is, and the Dodgers are getting healthy and they're starting to swing the bats a little bit better. And Kershaw has been knocked around a little bit in his last couple of starts, although he's been very good against the Giants in his last couple of starts, especially this year. But with the Dodgers' bats starting to heat up a little bit, all I need to do is get to three-three. If I get to three-three, I got to win. There was a six. Earlier this week in San Diego with the Pirates, I'm sorry, the Padres and the Phillies, and it was 3 nothing in the bottom of the ninth inning, and the game went over the total. Um, and you just got to get to that 3-3 mark. And uh, so I'll take my chances with, you really with think a the bad Giants, 10 Linsican. You think the Giants will score three runs today against Kershaw? No, I think the Giants, the Dodgers might score seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Well, that's a good answer. <laughs> Maybe one. How about one? Well, I watched Kershaw the other day against the Padres. He was on the road, uh, and the Padres wrapped him around a little pretty good, and the Padres are not to be confused with the 1929 Yankees. True, but this team has been a surprising offensive juggernaut. They hit home runs. They hit the ball, the they, Padres. They do. They've been good. They're f another fun team to watch. Houston Street blows some saves once in a while, but otherwise they're, they're a pretty good team. Odds Couple, KSHP, AM 1400 Radio, live and worldwide, Vegas Video Network, it's cool. We're simulcast, live chat up and running, studio line open, 702-221-7283. The other day we heard from Blake, Boca Raton, Florida, wanting to get some insight on pro football totals, pro football futures. We talked about Dark Horse, long shot team, presenting some value. My Kansas City Chiefs. That's right, when I bet it's... Me, it's my team. It's not the Chiefs' first and goal. It's I have first and goal. That was a great, I need uh, six points. Great commercial though, with the Snickers commercial where the guy's painting the end zone and it's the chefs. The guys eat the Snickers bar and he goes, who are the chefs? Because, oh, it's supposed to be the Chiefs. Is that right? That was a Is that a ago. commercial? A great okay. commercial. I, I don't recall seeing it. a very funny commercial. Yeah, it was I, a few years ago. Okay. Well, I don't yeah. watch TV, but still, it's a it football. Probably during yeah. a football game. they would. But yeah. again, I'd change it or do any. i detest. Don't tell me you're one of these guys that love the Super Bowl commercials. I like to watch the Anheuser-Busch commercials. Really? Quite honestly. I think really? They're, they're very good. They're very well done. I think they're trying way too hard. Way too hard. A lot of hard. them are a little bit out there, that's for sure. Yeah, that would be an understatement yeah. on a show where we talk about overs and unders. Speaking of over and under, what was your over and under on the uh, flying Walenda making it across the Grand Canyon the other day? About 110%. <laughs> yes. Since he made it. I did not watch it. I did track it later on YouTube. I was a little annoyed and put off with the thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you. And thinking, hey, man, if you really believed in Jesus, you would attempt this and do this with no wire. <laughs> You're walking on water. Well, I'm walking on air. That's a good No, point. it was impressive to think that, man, that takes some courage, doesn't it? I mean, there's yes, no, literally no safety net. So I, I, I was intrigued by how he sprinted the last 10, 15 feet. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But what were your cool. thoughts on it? I know you watched I it I watched live. a lot of it just because I wanted to see it. Uh, it was interesting. I, I, honestly, I was more enamored with the engineering that went into the wire and how long it was. And then they talked a lot about the preparation that he had done before that. He had walked a wire, I guess, in Orlando where he trains during a tropical storm. 
he was out there walking the same distance as he would in the Grand Canyon on a wire in a storm. So he's got a raincoat on. He's out there walking this wire. That bar he's holding weighs almost 50 pounds, the balancing bar that keeps him there. Uh, and the fact that then you see the pendulums about every 60 feet, those pendulums. People are going, what are those for? They weren't necessarily to hold the wire down, but those pendulums were to keep the wire from wrapping. Uh, and then they're talking about the engineering part of the rhythm in the line. And it, as he's walking, the, the line gets rhythm and it starts to bounce. He's really got to calm that down a couple times. He stopped and went to his knees, basically, on the wire to calm the wire down. It was fascinating to watch that part of it. I didn't think he was going to fall. Although my son tweeted, I thought it was pretty funny. He goes, it certainly would liven up the broadcast if he did. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a little, a little bland in that regard. But uh, it, was, it was interesting. I was intrigued by him doing it, being successful. Thank goodness he was successful. But it's the law of inertia. A body in motion stays in motion. A body at rest, a la me, stays at rest. Right. In, in that case, it's important, based on what I read in watching him do it on YouTube, the law of inertia, a body in motion stays in motion, is to keep moving, keep right. it going. And if if because of wind or you start to lose your balance a little bit, kneel down, do this, do that, regain your composure. Now, I say this because respectfully I was uh, disenchanted, disappointed, heartbroken to see his grandfather, age 73 years ago, attempt a similar move over some condominiums, and he fell to his death. It was very, right. very tragic, but... Again, I, I, I'm a little. I have to preface that by saying, you know, the media will have you believe that uh, shocking news that someone did this, and shocking news that a skydiver, their chute didn't open and they died. It's like, really? Is it that shocking? Is it that shocking that a high wire act with no safety net, 73 years old, would fall to his death? I don't find that shocking. Call me crazy. It might have been the favorite. <laughs> might, have <been. laughs> might have been the favorite. <laughs> The, the interesting thing—it's only shocking if it didn't, if right, it didn't fall. Right, yeah. if it didn't happen. Now, you know, I do. You, you feel for the family as they sit there waiting to make sure Dad makes it across, and you're 13 years old, going, "Come on, Dad, let's let's get across this thing." So, that part of it, I don't know that you necessarily have to. It, it obviously takes a a little bit of a a little bit of somebody off their rocker to take that kind of silly, stupid risk with their life when they have a beautiful family and everything that they have going for them. At some point, you got to say, well, I don't really need to do this. What's next? I'm going to go jump out of a plane and land on a wire without a heart, without a parachute. Just drop me here. I'm going to land on the wire. Uh, I'm not sure where else he can go to, you know, the next feat has got to be better than the one you just did. He just did something that no one's ever done before, which is cavern, go across the Grand Canyon. No one's ever done that before. Maybe it's the high... Maybe it's the rush, and in defense of the 73-year-old gentleman who did fall tragically to his death, at least he went out doing something that he loved. No, that's true. But this guy's 34 as opposed to 73. Maybe a little bit of a difference. Well, and again, going, I mean, 100, how many, 1,400 feet up? Yeah. So, I mean, that's no chance of surviving if, God forbid, he should fall in that situation. Well, even on the first step, he goes, boy, it's a lot windier here than I thought it was. I got, I got 1,474 more steps to go. So I give him credit for having the courage to go do it. It's pretty amazing. You're listening to The Odds Couple on KSHP AM 1400 Radio, live and worldwide, Vegas Video Network. We're here Monday through Friday, 10A to 11A. We have been beating up the sports books on a day-in, day-out basis. We are going to take a break from this show the entire month of July, but we are not letting the sports books off the hook. Every time I get cocky, I get buried, so I made it tone it down a little bit. But, you know, nothing's... 
I don't do drugs, I don't drink, I don't smoke, but I'm telling you, man, it's such a great feeling when you're on a winning streak and you're winning. Conversely, I mean, your food tastes better, your girlfriend is a model, but now she's a supermodel, all right? Right. But if you're losing... My food. I don't even want to eat. All right. I don't <laughs> want to talk to you. anybody. <laughs> You're like Mr. Goody Two. I need to here. lose don't a little drink, more often, smoke. I think, what so I can drop do? the weight. Well, how are you doing on that bet, by the way? Well, I weighed in today. I'm back down to the original of uh, okay, 282. Good. All right. <laughs> I've lost two pounds, but I I'd gained. In three weeks, I had gained. Net zero. Right. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm starting over. I've got three and a half weeks less time to get there. But I will get there. All right. Well, I'm, I'm rooting for you. Are you? Sure. I, you're the first person. My daughter, Skylar, my girlfriend, Jessica, they're rooting. They said, we want you to lose 21 pounds, but we still want to see you do this strip pole dance class that we're going to post on Facebook. I said, well, I don't know. I might change my name. Win or lose, you still should you know, try your best to lose the weight. If you say, you know what, I'm two weeks away and I got no chance, yeah, you should still It's pretty it pathetic that I have to I, – I mean – People say diets don't work. That's a crock. Diets do work. We as people fail. And I, I point to myself first because it's a linear process, man. If you do, if you eat fruits and vegetables and don't partake in, in, in the vices, you will drop weight. I don't right. think there's any challenge in dropping weight. I've proven I've lost two pounds. There's no challenge in that. <laughs> the challenge is keeping it off. Well, I think now they're trying to, uh, you know, not to get political, but trying to uh, take obesity and make it a disease when in a lot of cases it's about willpower it's about your own personal choices i don't need michael bloomberg tell me not to drink a 75 ounce big gulp i can do it myself the government Actually, that's iced tea by the way just so you know let I, me clarify i stopped drinking soda a long time ago but that but that's that's one of the things that people's you know what and coca-cola will never be an advertiser of the show or pepsico for that matter but I mean, that's just drinking pure sugar. So if, if, you, if you respect yourself and you love your children, you say, you know what, guys? Having a soda occasionally, fine. But to be living in the cooler or in the box with two liters and drinking soda 24, every time your eyes are open, you're drinking soda, there's a problem with that. I, I agree. In fact, I couldn't agree more because the government goes on record as saying that now. I mean, we, people, for whatever reason, it's sickening. It really is. They want to be coddled. I'm a victim. I have a slow metabolism. I'm on medication. It runs in my family. It's all a crock. Right. Get tough. Get tough. Right. I remember a couple, three years ago, I was back home seeing my dad. I said, Dad, I'm really struggling losing weight. He said, Scott, you're fat, and it's all your fault. It's like, hey, I love you too, Dad. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. But it's true. Right. It's true. You have to be mentally tough to overcome it. If you eat right, live. Uh, if you eat less, exercise more, you will drop weight. But the government... We're talking $68 billion a year business, $68 billion a year to keep you fat. Right. And now they're saying, oh, it's a disease. You're a victim. Well, it's all about making good choices. I say to my kids all the time, make good choices. In fact, my mom still has a plate from 1974 with peas and carrots on it that I haven't eaten yet. She still <laughs> saves it for me. I, I did sneak out of the house, but I didn't eat my vegetables. Self-discipline exactly. creates freedom. And one day, this weight is going to set me free. So, there yeah. Uh, so, to answer your question, I've dropped two pounds, but I'm back to the original 282. Not I need to get down to 260. And right. It's pathetic. I'm embarrassed to tell you this. But, hey. All right, when we come back from the break, not the break here in the show, but at the, in August 1st, when we come back from our July 
what are we doing? Do you call it the beach month? We're going to the beach for a month. When we come back, I want to see you down to let's let's get you down to two seventy five. Let's get let's at least lose. Really? So I have fifteen pounds to lose in thirty days in August. Yeah, we get you Can started. we raise the bar a little All right, bit? Two seventy. Two sixty nine. All right, two sixty. Two sixty nine. I'll drop thirteen right. pounds between now and July thirty. And if you if you get there, I'll buy you a buffet at uh, Graziano's. Great, great. <laughs> We're going to take a We're break. You're going to bet that. Yeah, you and everyone else. Scott's got the over. Scott Whitney, the executive producer. I'm pretty sure Jacob Cannon will get a piece of that action. So, again, I'm on an island all by myself. I'm rooting for you. Really? I really am. Because you're the only one. I like you. Because, and you're also the only one. I am the only one. (laughs) Your girlfriend doesn't like you. (laughs) She wants to see me. She wants to see me fail. She wants to see, and my daughter, she always has my back. Right. She said, Daddy, you're not going to win this bet. So, Great. Unconditional love. What happened to unconditional love? Well, they have, they have conditions. <laughs> I, I'm starting to see that. So there you go. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Have you ever thought you should be on the radio? Or have you considered doing an online video show or podcast? If so, now is your only chance to do both at the same time. KSHP and the Vegas Video Network have teamed up to provide the only multi-camera broadcast quality video and live radio simulcast in Las Vegas. And instead of having your show played at some ungodly hour, the KSHP Vegas Video Network partnership is producing shows that play from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. Imagine having your own radio show broadcasting to the entire Las Vegas Valley and combine that with an online presence that is viewed in all 50 states and 150 countries, both live and on demand. This is a first and an outstanding opportunity to give voice to your business, your ideas, and your talent. If you'd like your own show on KSHP and the Vegas Video Network, contact us today at 221-1200. That's 221-1200. Welcome back to The Odds Couple on KSHP AM 1400 Radio, Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, live and worldwide. Vegas Video Network studio line open, 702-221-7283. Live chat up and running. We would love for you to reach out to us, be a part of the show. number of ways that you can do that, email us at oddscouple at vegasvideonetwork.com. That's oddscouple at vegasvideonetwork.com. Also, we have web-based voicemail. would love to hear your voice on our show. Go to our site, Vegas Video Network. On the right-hand side, you'll see a red bar. Click there. Middle of the page, a green bar. Hit the Start Record button. We have live chat up and running. Keep those questions, comments, concerns coming. Also, if you do miss us live, no worries. No sweat. Check us out. Vegas Video Network, YouTube, iTunes, Roku. Frustration. Frustration. Welcome to my world. You don't have to look far to find frustration when it comes to sports, namely sports betting. Are you kidding me? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, instead of talking about frustration, talk about something that is amazing that it's never happened before. But last night, UCLA won the uh, College World Series, and the Bruins captured their first baseball championship this is the, the program one of the greatest athletic programs in the history of college athletics and they have never won a baseball championship the same school that produced jackie robinson for example played baseball at ucla and plus some other great players guys like eric Caros, who was a rookie of the year louis uh Troy Gloss, who played for the Angels, Jeff Conine, Chris Chambliss, Eric Burns, a lot of great players have played at UCLA. And the Bruins proved last night that they are, without question, the best baseball team in the city of Los Angeles. Better than the Dodgers and better than the Angels. <laughs> so that should be frustrating. Congratulations 
to the UCLA Bruins. They swept the Mississippi State Bulldogs in the World Series. Are you kidding me? Puig, Dodgers, four-game winning streak. This guy is a man amongst children. I was at the sports book a, a few weeks ago, and everyone after a game or two going on and on and on about this guy, and I've said, hey, like you said earlier, Brett, calm down. Let's give it some time. And then after the next three, four games, I was that guy saying, this guy is unbelievable. <laughs> Have you been seeing what this guy has been able to do? And I say to you, you say, listen, today you're saying, calm down, relax. It's only been 20 games, 90 at-bats I've enjoyed. He's exciting even when he goes 0 for 4 like he did last night. No, he's a, he's a great talent. He's raw. But you know, baseball has a way of tempering that enthusiasm themselves. You saw it a little bit last night. He was on the road in San Diego last week, and he was 4 for 16 in that particular series. The great thing about him and, and what I like about him so much is he's a first-pitch swinger. He's very aggressive early in the count. And, it, and he had, I think at one time, maybe two days ago I looked, he had 31 hits, and 13 of those 31 hits were on the first pitch that he swung at, uh, or the first pitch of the at-bat. But teams will start to not throw him strikes on the first pitch or throw him off speed pitches. And then he will have to make the adjustment. I want to see how good he is when these teams adjust to him. Right now, they're challenging him, and he's responding. They're, they're not pitching around him yet. They're not, they, don't know, they don't have the book on him complete yet. But when they do, then I want to see how good he is. Great observations. I respectfully get annoyed when I see so many aggressive hitters, a la Sean Dunstan, who always is free swinging on the first pitch. I mean, it's real simple, professional hitters. Are you going to be, your, your chances of getting on base, are they going to be greater if you've seen one pitch or if you've seen eight? Or the second or third time you've seen the same pitcher and you've seen 24 pitches as opposed to three? I understand if you're sitting on a first ball meet ball, fastball down the heart of the plate, turn on it, and jack it out of the park. Anything else, be patient. Relax. Patience is a virtue. Good things happen to those who wait. Mike Trout, as good as he is, I'm annoyed. It's early in the game. He's the second man in the lineup. He's always swinging at the first pitch. Now, Puig has been successful, but maybe it's because he's getting what he's looking for. Right. But, I mean, if I'm facing Greg Maddox then maybe I'm free swinging on the first pitch because chances are he is going to throw you a strike. But why not make the pitcher pitch? Well, there's a, there's a couple of theories to this. The, even anybody, even when Albert Pujols was as good as he was a couple of years ago, when you get the account with two strikes on you, your batting average with two strikes, if you're 0-2 in a count, for example, your batting average, even if you're the greatest hitter in the league, is about... 175 points below what it normally would be. So statistically, the better, you know, zero zero count, one zero count, two one count, three one count. Your average is much higher because you know the pitcher's got to challenge you a little bit versus a count when you do have two strikes on you because the pitcher's got every pitch in his repertoire to be able to try and get you out. As opposed to narrowing it down, going look, it's a three one count. More than likely, probably an 80 percent chance here I'm getting a fastball on this three one pitch. And what am I going to do with it? bit of a defeatist attitude and I, I strongly disagree because you cannot put yourself in a favorable position at 3-1-2-1-3-0 unless you have the courage and be a little bit fearless you know I, how many times do you see people and you said this before and again I'm, I'm not really agreeing with it not to say I'm right or you're wrong it's just it's subjective but I feel strongly that these baseball players at the highest level 
they still have a fear of striking out. And that's why they swing at a pitch in the dirt because they're going to go down swinging. I say, screw it. Yeah, I'm going to make that pitcher pitch to me. I'm going to hit my pitch. I am fearless. I don't care if I strike out. That's why I never m- did anything in baseball. I couldn't make the Little League baseball team even though my dad was a coach. He, well, he cut you? He, well, he didn't cut me. He just didn't play me. Okay. And it did kind of suck. When I did get in the game late, <laughs> all the other kids would say, easy out. Well, e- my, and they move in. And they move in? Yeah. You're a big guy. Well, I wasn't then. Go, you weren't then? Okay. No. Well, my dad knocked my front tooth out right there. With his fist? With it. <laughs> I struck out. <laughs> no. A ground ball ba- uh, practice. Boing. Knocked my, got me right there. You were wearing a glove, right? I was, but took a bad hop and knocked my tooth. Is that your excuse, bad hop? I was a very good first baseman. Is that right? I couldn't run very well, but I was a good I was. Oh, uh, you were left-handed, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. They called me Scoop. Scoop! I was Scoop. Because the odds I li- couple, because Scoop I liked, and Scott. Because I loved ice cream after the game. I, <laughs> not, I not still do. Of anything else. <laughs> All right. This is the part of the show where Brett Grant and I together put money into your pocket as we put you on the right side. Lot, lot of interleague baseball going on. I'm going to go to an interleague game today where Sean Markham is on the mound for the New York Mets taking on the Chicago White Sox. Markham is 0-9. On the season, been really struggling for the Mets. And I think the White Sox are in a good situation where they've got a lot of games upcoming at home. Big home stand for them. They won yesterday. I look for the White Sox to make a run during this little interleague stretch that they have going on. Minus 130 for the White Sox. I'll take the Chicago White Sox. My right side today, American League game. Cleveland Indians on the road taking on the Baltimore Orioles. I don't think Cleveland is as good as their record. I think the Orioles are a bit better than their record. I don't lay lumber on a day-in, day-out basis. If For the betterment of this show, if I'm going to be held accountable for a play, chances are I'll lean on a small dog. I don't want to go any higher than I'm going today. The O's at home, minus 43 cents. I see this line going up before I see it going down. Minus 43 this morning, probably will be 50, 55 by this afternoon. Brett Grant, Scott Pritchard, together we are the odds couple. Let's talk streaks baseball over a lot of team a number of teams have been going going over right. the closing total Boston Red Sox Detroit Tigers Oakland A's Philadelphia Phillies all four of these teams have gone over in their last four games Seattle they had been a dead under team something like 7 in a row now 5 consecutive games have gone over the closing total Seattle. Well, I mean, Seattle gets a lot of low totals, especially when they're at home. Six and a half, a lot of sevens. Felix Hernandez pitching today, as a matter of fact. And I'm sure the total in that game is probably sitting at, at six and a half against the Pirates or six. Uh, and he has not been terrific. The other teams make sense. The, you know, the Tigers can hit. The, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the A's can hit. Boston can hit. That makes a little bit of sense in those regards. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, Seattle, pitcher-friendly park, and the odds makers shade the under Mm -hmm. based on what you said yet seven consecutive games went under now just the opposite five consecutive games have gone over so that lends itself my friend to give me a number you can you can't just randomly say over or randomly say under because i mean if the over under was two even though they're a dead under team even i wouldn't bet under two right i doubt that you would probably not all right great unless i knew it was gonna rain (laughs) 
You've been listening to the, uh, in, in which case you actually get your money back. Exactly. It's a no play. It has to go at least uh, nine innings. So for Brett Grant, I'm Scott Pritchard. Together we are the odds couple Monday through Friday, 10A to 11A. We'll catch you tomorrow. In the meantime, good luck and goodbye.